Good morning, everyone, and happy, happy Wealth Wellness Wednesday on this chilly morning up in New England. We are super pumped, super excited because it is Wealth Wednesday, but we also have a guest speaker. But good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Naughty Boss, live, and it does say Naughty Boss when it comes through the translation. It's Naughty Boss, and I'm with two... Sisters, hey, good morning, everyone. A very chilly morning at that. You can see that we are all bundled up. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0, and I'm excited um, to introduce our guests today. <laughs> Excuse me. Welcome, Adina. Um, you know, she has a very, un all of our guests have very unique backgrounds and um, as well as being a yoga teacher and a certified health coach. She is also uh, a breast cancer survivor, and there's one other thing I'm forgetting there, but it is very important. So welcome to the Two Sisters podcast family, Adina. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, what was that one thing I forgot? You, you were, and it has to do, because I remember reading your bio, oh, a recovering- um, an Emotional food eater. Yes. And I know, and I felt, I read those words over and over again. And Carol Sue and I thought there's more of a story behind the story. So can we start there? Can you tell us about, tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I listen, uh, the work that I do is professional, but it comes from a very personal perspective. It comes from a, a personal place. I was an emotional eater, although I truly believe that each and every one of us walking this planet are emotional eaters to some degree or another. It's just a question of whether or not it interferes with your life. And uh, at some point, you know, my emotional eating. Uh, and my disordered eating definitely impacted my life quite significantly. And, you know, I turned to food or did not turn to food uh, out of emotion, stress, overwhelm, anxiety. I mean, every emotion on the planet. Uh, and it was a long road of self-discovery to, to lead me out of that, of that place and heal my relationship with food, heal my relationship with my body. And, um, you know, and th then helping my, my daughters make their way throughout the, the world in this diet culture world, you know, a second chapter began for me. So again, coming from another very personal place. Uh, so it was that personal experience that made me so passionate about what I do. And it, really led me to this second career. You know, this is not really how I started, but I, I know what it feels like to be uncomfortable in your own body. I know what it feels like to be at war with your body. And so I think my, my professional work uh, has another dimension because it's so fueled by personal experience. That answer yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, but I still see, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be poking some holes, I still feel that there's more to that, because I think you're, 
a lot of people, and wouldn't you agree, Carol Sue, that the, the emotion, and we've always talked about this, the emotional part of healing our relationship with food and with our body, um, you know, you do go down that road and you pivot. And, you know, Carol Sue, of course, with your journey, um, like, um, I just think that that is, there's so much more to that, don't you think, Carol Sue? Oh, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. And a lot of times it's a lot of self-awareness that we just don't allow our time, uh, time to ourselves to kind of sit there and, you know, take reverence and discern why we feel what we feel and then actually correlate that with when we're eating any particular food that maybe kind of is the demon uh, that, that kind of we, we utilize uh, as a, almost like a, a, comfort, a comforting mechanism. But when we realize that we're kind of driven to that food item, that food choice, that food category, because a lot of times it's categories that, you know, it's something within ourselves that needs to heal that. Yeah. And there's a process. You don't automatically just recognize it. It's a lot of discernment. It's a lot of self-awareness, self-help, uh, maybe, you know, joining a group, finding, maybe you might even have a close friend that's dealing with those issues. Sometimes it's pivoted from some sort of loss. Um, sometimes it has to do with lack of uh, self-confidence, self-esteem um, that is rooted from other avenues. And a lot of times, m a lot of people feel defeated, but because of the natural highs that we get from different food groups, it kind of calms that, that feeling within us or those we think so. And we strive and go to that food for comfort instead of saying, well, that's not healing my soul, that's not healing my mind. And now in addition to trying to deal with everything that I need to heal from, now I'm on this whole other entirely different health journey because I packed on the pounds. And, and for some, it's not packing on the pounds. It could be the opposite effect. It could be that they're not eating, that they use food as not for comfort, but they use food as the enemy. So I'm going to starve myself or I'm going to, you know, eat and then, you know, vomit the food up. So there's a whole gamut of things that we really need to discern. And a lot of times for many, they need to seek professional help. Others, you know, are intuitive enough that they kind of connect the dots. But I think for the most part, with any type of abuse, meaning alcohol, drugs, and yes, food is one of them. There are groups out there that really can help that person get on a healthier path. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And um, Adina, with your journey, um, that led you to do other things. Now, you had kind of mentioned that you didn't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that you that wasn't your chosen path, but that led you to discover and help so many people. Um, tell us a little bit more about that um, with your practice. And, and I'd also love to hear about the yoga part of it. Uh, I'm just learning how to do yoga myself. I, that downward dog gets me every time. <laughs> That's my favorite pose. 
Can I address a couple of things that were just brought up? Sure, absolutely. So uh, while we, you know, the first level of emotional eating is when we are drawn to certain categories and we call them quote unquote comfort foods. I, I do kind of want to point out though that, you know, the second phase as you're getting deep into emotional eating, whether it's overindulgence or restriction, it really, at, it doesn't matter what the food category is. I mean, if, if you know, the behavior, it, all food, it, it could be any food. It doesn't just, it's not just limited to comfort food. So, you know, for those people out there that are struggling with, you know, not just comfort foods, that is part of, of the issue that, that was, I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's like a common misconception. A, a lot of people think I'm not, you know, I'm not eating a bag of Oreo cookies at two in the morning. I'm not an emotional eater, but that's not the case because we all eat emotionally. It's just a matter of degree and the self-awareness is important, but I think what stops a lot of people from seeking the help at, and, and you're right, you know, you really do need uh, an objective eye and, and I think professional help is it's really hard to be self-aware because being self-aware is uncomfortable. It brings us to a place that we don't like to sit in. So even if you are aware, you still need the tools to move you through that discomfort and move you through the discomfort of breaking habits that even if you know they're not self-serving are very comfortable and become your, your go-to source. So that, I guess um, that is what led me to, to the yoga. I, I, I became a certified health coach before I pursued my, my yoga certification. I had been doing yoga for a while and at first it was just a very physical practice for me. And then I remember thinking, you know, I need tools to help me make space for forgiveness. And I need tools to help me make space for acceptance. And I need tools to help me, uh, to allow me to sit in the discomfort so that I can be self-aware. And that's what led me to that, that deeper part of yoga, the, the philosophy that guides it, the breath work, the, you know, the meditation. And I just wanted to explore that on a deeper level. So I had, I mean, maybe I had a, at least a five-year practice before I started studying and becoming certified as, as a yoga teacher. And then that journey just kept unfolding because, you know, I, I got my 200 hour certification. I taught for a couple of years and uh, that was, you know, I love to learn and yoga is my passion. So I went on to earn another 300 hours, become a 500 hour teacher. I teach classes throughout the week locally, uh, but the, the yoga principles that guide me through life become part of my health coaching practice as I help women heal, as I help them mend their relationship to food and body, I do incorporate yoga, which is unique. So it's not just incorporating movement, but it's incorporating philosophy. It's incorporating 
meditation, stress reduction techniques, breath work, so that we're starting, you know, and that's not the only avenue that I go, but it's part of my professional practice. And that starts to give us this multi-dimensional toolbox. I love that multi-dimensional <laughs> toolbox. Try saying that three times fast, yeah. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to um, kind of turn the conversation a little bit. And um, as I mentioned, you are a breast cancer survivor and that is amazing. Uh, um, you know, the journey within itself and what you went through and what you must have learned through that journey. Can you describe a little bit for us, if you don't mind, um, for our viewers and listeners, uh, you know, what, how that transpired your life? And I, I can't even fathom or imagine um, your journey with that, if you would share that yeah. with us. I mean, the interesting part of that is that, you know, listen, I'm not perfect. I, I work on myself a lot and I am a worrier, right? And I tend to worry about a lot of different things. And I work on that every day. Uh, breast cancer was not something that I worried about. I just, I had none of the, you know, the, the, the stats that the newspapers put out there as, as, you know, putting you at risk. I didn't smoke, I wasn't overweight, I exercised, I didn't have a family history. I mean, every fact that, you know, you look at, I didn't have. I thought that that was the one thing I could not worry about. And uh, yeah, that hit me hard because it, it came as such a surprise. And, um, I, you know, I don't, there's so many different Again, that's an, that's a multidimensional issue, right? And we can look at that from so many different different ways. But it it taught me a lot of things in that you know, first of all, the way that I handled it showed a lot about who I was. It reminded me again of you know my tendencies to kind of just barrel through things and get it done which is admirable in some situations. In some situations, you know, it works against you. So I guess that journey taught me how to slow down a little bit, find softness, be a little kinder to myself and, um, and take the time to switch gears, which we don't often do in our society. And the, the other thing is that once again, I was faced with a body image issue. You know, once again, I've spent a, a large part of my life learning how to accept my body, right? It doesn't, you could be in a small body or a large body. You can still be at war no matter the shape or size of your body because we're all so influenced by the society that we grow up in. So here, you know, I was working towards mending this relationship. Uh, to my body and I was in a really good place. And then once again, I had a look at how society defines beauty and where I fit into that once again. You know, you're not, whatever your, you know, whether it's radiation or chemotherapy or mastectomy or, you know, all of that changes your appearance. And so now you're showing up again 
thinking, uh, you know, asking yourself, well, what does this mean? How do I, how do I, how do I fit in again? How do I accept myself? How do I move through this phase of my life? Is that yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Wow, Carol Sue, uh, I don't know. I, sometimes I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I would like, Dina, if you could really touch upon what tools that you you talk about this multi-level of tool, this toolbox, which I think is amazing. So what tools did you tend to go pick out of your toolbox to deal with this new situation? Because like you said, you know, with emotional eating and really embracing our bodies of who we are, uh, you know, the cliche uh, verbiage of, you know, beauties with the beholder always doesn't sell, sell well or sit well with somebody that's really struggling in those issues. So now right. you've dealt with your emotional eating piece. Mm -hmm. Now you're dealt with now this other piece. Did you find yourself kind of starting over in that process or did you find new tools that actually were uh, impacted you in a better way or a more efficient way or you just found new ways uh, to deal with this? That's a really great question. And I feel like we never start again from the same place that, that we started, right? We're always starting again from a different place. So I, you know, I didn't wind up at the beginning because I had done so much work, so much inner work. So it, it wasn't like, you know, I was looking at this for the first time. It was about, oh, right, you, you have those tools. You have those tools to to be uncomfortable, to sit through it. You have those tools to sit with the unknown. You, you have those tools to question diet culture and, and be okay and not, you know, not accept what they're saying as fact. You have the power to shut off the TV and not look at Facebook and not look at, like you have all these tools. And uh, it was about, I think, just bringing them back up to the surface and, and harnessing them again. I mean, I, you know, everyone's really good with distraction, you know, just, and distraction can be a great tool occasionally. If you know, that's what you're doing, you know, you're stressed, you go out for a run. That's a great release of energy, but you know, it, it, you know, unless you're sitting with your feelings uh, and pulling them apart and kind of dissecting them, it's, you're not going to get through to the other side. So I think for me, it was a lot of you know, journaling and reflection and also pulling back on the distraction, just saying, you know, okay, I'm tired today. I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to find another way to be kind to myself. It was about making space for meditation. And even if it was meditation within the busyness of everything that was happening, meaning that it was just a matter of uh, being mindful of saying, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask why, and I'm not going to fix this right now. I'm just going to notice what's happening. I'm just going to observe. I'm just going to be here in this moment that there was a lot of that. There was a lot of breath work. There was a lot, you know, there was so many things. There's a lot of pampering. There was a lot of crying. There's, you know, there was anger. Listen, I, I'm not going to say that I closed that chapter. I still you know, I'm a work in progress and big major traumatic events like that stay with us. And so every time they resurface, you have to readdress them. And that's, I don't think that's something that's neatly put away. 
Right. I, I love the fact that you talked about being in the moment and being present. I think part of when we're going through these traumatic events uh, where you have to go through this process, like a, like you're, you're grieving, you're grieving a part of your body uh, mm -hmm. that might look different or that is going to change. And not only how I am going to receive it, how will others receive it? I think far too often we don't allow the process as human beings because we're impatient. You know, we want to fix it right now and then and be done with it and go on to the next thing. And I think what you said about being present in the moment, which a lot of times we talk about in Two Sisters, that there are blessings with going through the heartache. There are blessings of experience that raw emotion and being in that emotion because you can't get to the other side without going through the junk. And right. I, I love that you brought that piece up. Thank you. Yeah, being mindful is definitely a skill that, that we all need to embrace. You know, it's sometimes it's more challenging than others, but like any other skill, it takes practice. Uh, it's been, you know, right after uh, the breast cancer, it was a hell of a three years. Like right after that, the breast cancer, my mom got sick and she was my best friend and she passed away. And then there was COVID. So within the span of a very short time, it was my diagnosis, my mom passing, and then all of a sudden we're in lockdown. So I really need to, I needed to gather up a tremendous amount of skills. And, you know, I, I really, it didn't affect my food relationship that much because that I had really worked on so much and that was on solid ground. But, you know, I had to, again, be mindful. I had to sit, I had to examine, I had to deal with a lot of trauma in a short period of time. So again, you know, when I do work with women who are in this kind of helpless space, it, it's not only applying things in a clinical way, but it's a, applying things in a, you know, in a very personal way. Like I can relate to that. I've been there. Yeah, and I think the key word there is observing because if we don't observe what's going on around us, um, the physical, the emotional, the sounds, like everything encompasses together. And I think it's really important to take that time to observe, reflect, and come to some sort of resolution if we can. And I think we all can relate to that to, you know, to some degree, of course. Um, gosh, this has been such a great chat. And, uh, you yeah, know, it, it's not about finding the resolution, right? Sometimes it's about like, we all like to tie it up in a neat box and put it Sometimes it's not about that. It's just about not having the resolution. I mean, there's a space in meditation where, you know, the people think you have to create that space. It's there waiting for you. It's just a matter of tapping into it, right? So that's the, that's, I think that's the key. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt you, but I get no, really. That, that's, that, that's okay. You know, um, I, I think I am one of those persons type of person say, I want a resolution like okay mm -hmm. let's let's move it on here yeah. that's not a, that's not always possible and I have to hold myself back sometimes because 
you know, as much as I want that resolution, there are still steps that are unknown that maybe I don't even know, but we feel them, we see them. And um, that's all part of the observation part of it. And, um, you know, with my, my son, I, I, I feel so much of what you're, what you're saying. Um, like I want a resolution for my son, <laughs> but there, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It, it, it's a process. So maybe the resolution is that we do have to take those steps, small, big, maybe take a few steps back. Who knows? What do you think, Carol? So Sorry, sorry there, I was on mute. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, it, again, it goes back to uh, resolve is, you know, we're, we're an impatient society. And I, I think what we we tend not to do uh, is A, be kind to ourselves and let ourselves ride the journey uh, because part of the process is actually the journey, uh, the pivots, the renavigation, renegotiate. Uh, where we're heading, trying new new ways, new tools to help and assist us. Um, but I think with emotional eating, as well as recovery from from cancer, uh, it really follows those same steps as you know a, a drug addict, a, an alcohol. Uh, there's a whole process of recovery, and it's something that you you learn to um, heal. But it's always there. And there might be different ways or different parts of the journey that are going to re-trigger those same feelings over again. So having that tool chest available and knowing that from time to time you need a tune-up or you need to reevaluate and say, well, you know what, maybe I'm going a little bit too, too fast again. Maybe I need to slow down. And at the end of the day, like we always talk about, we are all perfectly imperfect. Uh, no one has... Um, the perfect life. No one has the perfect journey. And I think once we embrace that and remember that the true present of life is being in the present, all these other things we will be able to deal with on the timetable that our body and or our mind allows. But I think the bottom line is trust yourself, you know, that you're, you will get to a place where you may be uh, take you a little bit longer, but you will get to a place where you're you're feeling that good peace. But we know life changes on a dime. Like you were yeah. saying, you were in a good spot, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with your, your your mom's passing, and then obviously you know what no one could anticipate uh, being locked down for as long as we've been, uh, and right. for, sadly for some they're still so. Are we ever truly, do we ever have true res resolution on any one given thing? I'm not sure that we really do. I think we get to a spot where we say, okay, um, I'm kind to myself, but I'm also aware that I'm, I, I, I may have to pivot again and that's okay. You, you've just actually inspired me. I think I'm going to t-shirt. I really, you just literally, I got this jolt of inspiration. I'm going to make a t-shirt that said life is recovery, right? I mean, <laughs> the whole thing is, is constant pivoting and that's, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah. oh we already branded that. So you would have to do it. I have to do <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and that whole issue of trust opens up another can of worms. Like I hear that word trust and, and yeah, we, we do have to start to trust ourselves, but that again is also a skill that we need to right. develop. 
because we don't always trust ourselves, especially the emotional eater who's been, you know, uh, yo-yo dieting or, you know, you, you lose that connection to yourself and that uh, trust is something that has to be nurtured and cultivated and practiced. One of the things that we always talk about, Jan and I talk about with regards to uh, health and wellness and that transformation. And, and really, uh, I, I actually can't stand the word diet um, because the word diet, we all do it. Uh, it's just a matter of whether we have a good diet or we don't. I mean, that's the skinny or the big of it all. But we talk about none of these changes can occur overnight. It's about really changing your habits and habits take practice. And once you get that practice of that habit, then the change uh, really becomes kind of like, I always talk about people, I said, well, do you, do you need to be reminded to brush your teeth? Do you need to be reminded to go to the bathroom? No, it's a habit. You know, your body needs to do when it's supposed to do that. Well, making choices on food, making choices on our well-being really uh, focuses in on changing the mindset, but you can't change the mindset until you learn to address that. Ooh, I got I to gotta form good habits. And some people just take for granted, oh, you know, you, you can just do it. Well, no, some people need to practice good habits. Do you right. find that as well? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And also, I mean, like, think about brushing your teeth and going to the bathroom. We actually did need to be reminded of that growing up, right? How many yes. times? Say, right? That is true. <laughs> So, so, you know, how much comes naturally? Yeah, it is about formulating habits. Uh, and again, you hit the nail on the head. That's not going to happen unless you examine the mindset behind it. Right. So, yeah, I do find that. And I, I would agree with that. Awesome. I'd yeah. like to examine the mindset. Um, Adina, where can um, our viewers and listeners um, check you out on social media? Thank you for asking. Yeah. I I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter all at, um, you know, I, is my Twitter like, I think my, my Twitter account is just my name at uh, Adina underscore Kelman, but uh, on Instagram and Facebook, I'm a life in balance with Adina. And my website is uh, a life, uh, www.alifeinbalance.co, not com, co.co. So that is my website. Uh, my website has all my contact information. You can get to my social media platform platforms from there or vice versa. You can go to social media and hit my website. Everything's kind of linked together. Uh, awesome. For the emotional eaters out there, I do run a private closed Facebook group that's free to join. So you just, you know, if you need the support and you don't know where to start, you can start there. You can just join this tribe of women who are all fighting a similar fight and uh, get maybe some support there. Again, it's, you know, it's free to join and it's just really, I, I'm very passionate about it. I have it there for this very purpose. Wonderful. And on that note, I'm going to have Carol Sue uh, chat about Wealth Wellness Wednesday before we sign off because she describes it much better than I do. 
Well, it's my favorite day of the week and it's about paying it forward and paying kindness. And, you know, when we talk about wealth and wellness, we always talk about having that healthy relationship with finances, having that healthy relationship with money. But if you're an entrepreneur, your mindset's a little bit different, kind of out of the brick and mortar piece to it, because you are looking to create uh, something that you don't want going in the graveyard. You don't want it in the boneyard. You really want to succeed in your dreams and your goals. Well, how about having that healthy relationship with money by doing an unsuspecting kindness act? It has nothing to do with the financial amount. We always make sure that we remind everyone that. It could be a dollar, it could be $5, it could be 10, it could be 100, whatever you choose for it to be. It's not about the monetary amount, it's about the actual action. And the key piece to it is you, it's an unsuspecting person. So we're not talking about giving to your favorite charity. We are talking about surprising an individual with something monetary that they're not suspecting. Now, how cool would it be to, if you're that young mom or that young dad, or you're not necessarily, let's not even put the young on it because a lot of people have children at different ages, right? And you're going down that child's diaper aisle, right? And you bought a box of diapers and you brought it home and you opened it up and there was a $5 bill in there. You would be like, what's that all about, right? What can I, and that would increase, you know, release these happy endorphins and you might be inclined to pay it forward to somebody else. How about if you're in that coffee line, that Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, whatever your favorite caffeine is, you know me, I don't do the caffeine, but you know what? I stop in there once in a while for a treat. What if you decided to say, here, here's an extra $10 to the cashier, pay for whoever you can behind me, and you leave. Maybe you're at a gas station, and you know where you put that credit card piece, you put that credit card in, fold up that dollar bill, $5 bill, whatever the bill is, put it where they would put in their credit card. Or if you're one of those people that absolutely, absolutely love your pets, like they're your children, go in the pet food aisle. There are so many creative ways to pay it forward to an unsuspecting person. So now let's think about that. If every one of us did that every single Wednesday, how many people would be more happier, would really think about paying it forward to humanity and kindness? And guess what that releases? Puts it out in the universe, wealth, wellness, and having that healthy relationship. But it's also the person that's giving is actually receiving the greatest gifts because they know they're surprising something some, something to someone that's unsuspecting. And you never know, that may just change the direction of their day. Maybe they were at that gas station and their credit card wasn't working correctly. And that $5 helped them put in, well, let's face it, the gas pumps are pretty high today, but maybe got them a gallon and a half of gas that got them to and from work. That was enough to do that. Maybe you had a mom who wanted to buy those diapers and she automatically knew that in order for me to buy those diapers, I need that coupon with me. She forgot the coupon. And maybe you just had that bill slipping out just enough for that person to see. And that was enough for that mom to, or dad to get those diapers. You never know who you're going to impact. So go out there, pay it forward. Let's get the kindness train going and let's change humanity in a good way. That's what wellness is all about. That is so awesome. I love how you described it. And on that note, we want to thank you, Adina, for um, being with us here today to share your journey um, and oh my gosh, what a great conversation. Um, so thank you so much for being here. We hope that you consider maybe coming back. That would be awesome. Sure. And, and on that note, my name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0 with two 
Sisters, and this is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Naughty Boss, getting ready to get her ideas ready for Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Adina, thank you so much for the impactful uh, stories that you told from your personal perspective. But we hope that that enlightened you to go reach out to Adina if that is something that you're struggling with. Remember, there are oh, you, 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 the struggles that you, you feel and that are in your heart, there are so many people out there, good people that want to help you out. Uh, just reach out. Part of the first step is actually just reaching out. And we know that's hard, but do it. Your future self is going to thank you. With that, we will see you tomorrow. And tomorrow is Thursday. We're changing it up. Let's not forget that. Trending Thursday will not be on in the morning. We're going to hit the, the big night and uh, kind of share what's trending out there in health, wellness, and whatever else is going on. Take care, uh -huh. everyone. Have a great day. Bye, everyone.